We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sean. So we have a couple mailbag questions. Well, actually, I have a bunch of mailbag questions. You all can continue to put them in there if you want. We had a few super chats, Sean, that I wanted to get to first and foremost. From ICURN with Irish Luck. Thank you so much for the super chat. Said, thoughts on Carr getting poached by Tommy Reese. CJ Carr, 2024 quarterback commit to Notre Dame. Seems like he is a northern guy. I mean, Sean, if I can start this conversation, and we had another question that was similar to this that we'll talk about. But I did have conversations with a few of the commits in the 2024 class leading up to Tommy Reese making that decision, right? And what I'm told about CJ and is maintained through the transition that we are seeing right now so far is that CJ is locked in and that he is just very trusting – that Notre Dame is going to get a great offensive coordinator to replace Coach Reese. So, yes, he had a great relationship with, with Tommy Reese. We'll, we've talked about that in nauseam. But C.J. Carr is also in love with Notre Dame. And I think that as long as CJ, as long as long Notre Dame hires a good offensive coordinator that quickly sells, I don't see there being any issues, not only just with C.J. Carr, but with the rest of the recruits. So I don't think that he's going to get poached because that also – Alabama has a quarterback in the 2024 class, Julian Sayan, who Notre Dame fans are probably pretty familiar with, was on the Notre Dame board for a little while as well. So I think when you look at it, everything together, Sean, I am personally not worried about C.J. Carr going anywhere. I think that he's sold up with Notre Dame, at, at, as, at, at least as of right now, no doubt. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. My favorite part was when you told me one of the recruits kind of chuckled about the news. And whether or not he was still locked into the class, I, I love I love hearing that type of stuff. But no, eventually Notre Dame. Would you say Notre Dame right now is a coach driven program? In what sense? Can you describe what you mean by that? Perception. 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 Okay. You say Notre Dame. First thing you think about is Marcus Freeman. Yes. Yes. Point, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And eventually, yep. that's going to change as they win. It'll become player driven. Right. Nick Saban. Look, Nick Saban is Nick Saban. When you said Alabama, the first thing that came to your mind was Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Last the last two years, and Will and Will Anderson, Bryce Young, Will Anderson, as, man, possibly the best two players in the country on one yes. team. And eventually, as this program grows, the players will kind of come up to that level, and they'll be mentioned first before Marcus Freeman. And I think the guys in the twenty four class kind of get that right. That it's not about you signing on to come to play for a coach per se, you know, it's Notre Dame and you come to play with your brothers, you know, so it becomes player driven. And when it comes to player driven guys, look at the success of other players and see their success in those that came before them, the predecessors. So that's what Notre Dame is trying to build and get to. And CJ Carr is a part of that. He recognizes his place. For him, look, he's basically telling you as long as they don't hire Bozo the Clown or somebody that just makes me say, Ugh, yeah, I'll, I'll be a Notre Dame. That's, that's, the, that's the vibe. Because, Sean, I, I would say this, right? I mean, I think that's another thing to consider is that, yes, when you first make the – when CJ Carr first makes the commitment, right, it's about Notre Dame. It's about his relationship with the coaches, with Tommy Reese, for instance, right? After that, with – seven other guys now in the class he's been developing relationships with the class for the last x amount of months right so i mean is it is it a blow that tommy reese is now longer the offensive coordinator for sure no one's gonna act like it isn't but i just but based on everything we're hearing and i get i don't want to reiterate the same facts again as long as Notre dame does a good job getting an off another good offensive coordinator in here i don't think it's going to be any issue at all i really don't but we'll we'll see how things work out but i just Personally, folks, I just wouldn't be worried about that right now. There's other things that you need to figure out, right? Like, who's the next offensive coordinator? <laughs> That's a little more important right now, but it's kind of how I see it. 
We had another super chat, and thank you again for that one. I see you. We have oh 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 oh. There we go. From Stephen F. Sean, I said, "Who would you guys real? Who would be your guys' realistic choice, and how potent do you see this offense being this year?" So, Sean, all right, let me say, everybody on the board that we talked about, even some that aren't, who's your choice for offensive coordinator, just based upon what you know now? Oh, my list is Ludwig, Moorhead, and then probably, honestly. I'll probably go Jason Candle after that. And they're all diverse and have different reasons for why they would be a really good pick. And in my opinion, I'm sure we'll get to it. Just a really good successor to Tommy yeah. Reese in that position. So, and I think all of those would get me excited. Like I don't, yes. any one of those three would get me excited about the potential of this offense. And I think they're walking into a situation where the talent is there to pretty much go put up high 30s yep. per week. Yeah, I mean, Sean, I think you say it perfectly, man. There are several candidates that I would be very happy with. I mean, I'll be fully transparent about the fact that I don't think Mike Denbrock would like elate excitement. Like, I'd be, oh, I'd be good with it, though, right? Because I understand. But for me, Joe Brady would get me pumped. Joe Moorhead would make me happy, would get me pumped. Andy Ludwig would make me pumped. Like Those are the three guys for me that I look at and say, those would get me very optimistic and excited about the season. It really would. My personal preference is probably Ludwig one, but like again, you could talk me into Joe Brady. You could talk me into Joe Moorhead as number one. I don't think there's a wrong answer with that top three. I also really like Jason Candle, man. I mean, I think there's a legit conversation about Jason Candle because I think he's an excellent coach and a really smart offensive guy. But I think he is in that next tier for me as far as the guys that I really do want, right? So that's kind of – I guess, Sean, the question is, and you already said high 30s. I mean, I guess the potency of the offense for me, if any of those top three, I think that Notre Dame's in very good spot. So, I mean, just the potency, I think they'll be very improved from last season in my opinion. Let's now go to we had another super chat. Thank you so much from Robert Slatzer. Is Leftwich, Byron Leftwich, a real candidate or is he someone who you guys think would fit with Marcus Freeman and what he wants to do on offense? Also, what about Jason Candle? So, Sean, I, we talked about this a little bit, but just kind of put hit a couple of your key points that you made earlier about Byron Leftwich. Do you think, first for us, is he a real candidate? Remains to be seen, Robert. I'll say this that, you know, from just things we've heard. I think that there is at least a conversation that needs to happen about Byron Leftwich, right? So I, I, is it realistic? Probably not. Is there a conversation that has happened or will happen? I think that that's probably going to happen, right? I wouldn't say he's a front runner. I wouldn't say he's realistic. So it, it's probably a moot point at the end of it, Sean. But I know that you kind of pointed to a couple things earlier that you think that it actually would be an interesting fit for Notre Dame if it did happen. Well, he fits the personality and what Marcus Freeman looks for in his coaches, like the type of men they are as far as family men and how they fit what he wants his coaches to, how he wants them to operate and influence um, the young men that they mentor and coach. So he fits in that mold, very well respected, you know, but the other questions are whether or not he can recruit and, whether or not he's really had his opportunity to spread his wings truly as an offensive coordinator and build his own offense are things that need to be discussed and things that need to, I guess, play out 
in front of our eyes. But other than that, he definitely fits the type of person that will be on a Notre Dame staff with Marcus Freeman. You know, yeah. that, that I think, goes without question. Yeah, I think the personality would definitely fit. I, I had the questions that I highlighted, obviously, in the first part of this podcast. But I, I do think that he's an interesting person to follow. As for Jason Candle, Sean, again, he is the head coach at the University of Toledo, who is – in my estimation, done really well over the last few years with multiple types of quarterbacks. You think about like the Carter Bradleys, working all the way back to like the Logan Woodsides of the world until now he's got a more athletic quarterback, obviously, behind center. For me, Sean, I think that he is a really smart guy, a really smart coach. I would definitely call him. I would personally. Is Notre Dame going to give him a serious look? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, right? But I think that he's a very talented offensive mind that I think deserves a mention because he he impresses me and I think he he got offered the Miami job last year offensive coordinator turned it down to stay say as a head coach apparently Miami's taking another run at him this offseason so Miami likes him Miami likes him a lot so I like Jason Candle Sean I don't know if you have an opinion on him but I really do like him as a coach no I just like pro style guy you know, creative. For me, you know, I used to be a guy that looked at offenses and wanted like these extremely creative offenses, you know, that could do a lot of things, push the ball down the field. And I've just kind of grown an affinity for simplicity recently. And look, anybody that follows me the last two years knows how much I appreciate Todd Munkin and what he does. Man, the dude just knows. It's, it's something to be said. I think this is why I like what you and Malik have said about Andy Ludwig. It's just something to be said for someone that has an appreciation for what they have. That's not begging for more or go get me this amount of talent. I don't have this. I don't have that. They have an appreciation for what they have, and gosh darn it, they can get the best out of it. I just have an appreciation for guys that have an ability to do that, right? And, and, and Sean, it's <clears throat> a really interesting point because obviously Andy Ludwig was at Utah a while ago, came back, and he's been there now for a few years. He's had a couple stops in between, but that is actually something that I really love about the Utah program is that Kyle Whittingham has been offered a lot of different jobs, man. Yes. Yes. Just won't leave, won't and leave. I, I I love him for that, man. He's a really he's a great coach. What Kyle Whittingham has done at, at Utah, taking over for what Urban Myers had started, yeah. it's been fantastic, man. Transitioning from a Mountain West team to a legit, I mean, two two straight years now they've won the Pac-12 championship, right? I yeah. mean, incredible coach Morgan yeah. Scally, who was the defensive coordinator for them, played at Utah, has been a defensive coordinator for Utah for a long time now. Really smart young defensive coach. I think he's around 40 years old now. He's been offered jobs. Trust me when I tell you. Just won't leave, man. Yeah. He just won't yeah. leave. I yeah. love it. I love it. And, I mean, selfishly, if Notre Dame doesn't get Andy Ludwig, I hope Andy Ludwig just stays with that staff for the end of time, like I do, because that continuity is great to see because it just doesn't happen a ton anymore. Yeah, that continuity keeps programs like Utah competitive. Right. That's why coaching matters. It matters. Like you can talk about going out and getting recruits. It's safe to say that we can objectively look back 
and say the talent at Notre Dame has not been used to its full capability over the last five years. Sure. Now, you can place the blame wherever you want to place it. You know, that's all you can ask of a coaching staff. Take what you have and get the best out of it. And I'm not sure that we can say that that's taking place at certain points at Notre Dame. That's why we have the narrative, oh, Notre Dame doesn't have talent. Okay, but they always end up with what? The fifth or sixth most players in the NFL every (laughs) year on active rosters, but they don't have talent. Go figure. Oh, man. And and Sean, one one more point to the the Utah continuity conversation. Schools Mm -hmm. like that need that too, right? Because it's not like Utah is going to like – throw the bag at this offensive or defensive coordinator, right? right. Like you need those right. types of guys. Cause that's, that's that, that you need that continuity in a place like that. So just, yeah. you know, final note, I, I really, I really do like what you, I like the brand of football that Utah plays in general, like just tough, hard nosed team. You yeah. know, they have some limitations athletically, but they're incredibly well coached and they always are. Yes. So that's on both sides of the ball. Yes. Both yep. sides of the ball. Cause I guess, man, on the defense side of the ball, you just spoke about the coordinator. Like yeah. they lost when I tell you they lost a well of a linebacker, <laughs> Stephen Lloyd, yeah, yeah, and and used freshmen to rep- replace him, and the way those freshmen played at the end of the year, especially in that Pac-12 championship game, I was like, okay, yeah, that they're coached up really well. Yes, it's easy to see that they're coached up really well. So when you watch Devin Lloyd in the pros with Jaguars, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, he was the one that came down on Mahomes' ankle, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Mm, may have been. I can't remember who. No, it was. he wasn't. No, he wasn't. It was a defensive end, but no, it doesn't need to hear no there. But no, <laughs> that coach really well. Yeah, man. Now they really are, and again, the continuity is a big part of it. They yeah. have found great coaches that buy into the program, which is why Utah has been consistent. That's why they've been a consistently good football team. We had a question from 99 Problems with BK1. He said, and Sean, I kind of answered this one already, but just kind of want to reiterate a couple facts. Said mailbag, specifically with regards to CJ Carr. How much do you think Tommy Reese leaving impacts his recruitment? Does it open the door for teams like Ohio State and Michigan to get back into things? So 99 Problems, we hit on this a little bit earlier in the mailbag portion, but I, you know, I think I will say also is I, I think I think that unless catastrophe happens, everything's going to be good, man. Like, so let's just enjoy this conversation. Let's enjoy this process. I think everything's going to be good. And we'll obviously after, after we see who the next offensive coordinator is, I'll have an, an update on boards.irishbreakdown.com as far as what the, what the commits think about the new, you know, the new coach and all that great stuff. Right. And which will be important. So, but you know, just kind of reiterate some facts, as long as they get a good offense coordinator, I don't think it's going to be an issue at all. The I've I've gotten replies from several commits in the class of stuff like I'm locked in, like it has no impact on me whatsoever. I bought into Notre Dame. I love the people. I love the other commits in the class. All the stuff that you want to hear through a situation like this. Also had a question here from Seth Clark, Sean, who said, "How likely do you think Joe Brady is going to get an interview on a scale of one to 10? Well, it's two types of interviews. Are we just talking Zoom interview or like in person where he comes on campus? I, I think he gets a Zoom interview. Okay, so, so so all right, so so you're 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 confident about a ten 
that Notre Dame is going to reach out and demonstrate some sort of interest to at least get him on the phone or on a Zoom call. Yeah. Put, okay. Yeah. In person, I think it's a different animal because yeah. th- there's mixed reports, right? I mean, some say that Joe Brady would have be open to the conversation. Some say that he just doesn't want to go back to college, right? If it's the latter, then why would you make the trip to South Bend if you have no interest in going back to college football? That's – Yeah. You know, you mo- usually make trips when, you know, you're interested in that destination. I'm just saying. Yes, yes. And, and I mean, just point blank, right? If you if you don't want to go back to college, why would you go to a college, right? <laughs> like, why would you go interview at a college? Like, it just yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. And it's not like I, – I think he's making a little over a million dollars per year as, like, the Bills quarterback <clears throat> coach. Could he make more at Notre Dame? Sure. But, like, I just – if he doesn't love college football, though, does it really matter if he gets a little bit more money? You know what I mean? So – I mean, yeah. do you want to spend the next month and a half going and chilling at pro days, or do you want to spend the next month and a half recruiting? Right. Right. <laughs> I would rather go to pro days. That's just me, though. Yeah. Just, just me. <laughs> I probably would agree with you there, Double R. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So we had a question from Nathan Milton, formerly Milton fan. What's up, Milton fan? Thank you for the super chat. Any thoughts on the Tim Brown tweets, Sean? So I, I'm going to paraphrase this. <laughs> it was a masterpiece. <laughs> Paraphrasing. I'm not going to read it word for word. But basically, Tim Brown said, this is a great thing for Notre Dame. It's also a great thing for Tommy Reese, which I think we, I think we know what that means, right? Yeah. <laughs> we have to say it. But, I mean, any any thoughts, honestly, Sean? Though? I mean, for me, I – look, I think that this change – can be good for both sides. I do. I think it can be beneficial. Yeah. I I have had my issues with Tommy Reese from a play calling perspective. Could it get better in 2023 with a new play caller? It's possible. It's very yeah. possible. I think yeah. I know Dame has a chance to upgrade the offensive coordinator position this offseason. Point blank period. It's also good for Tommy Reese because he's going to get paid and he gets to be around Nick Saban and it gets to help his track, right? right. So I think it's beneficial for both sides. I do. <laughs> Do it, Sean. Come on. I'm seeing no, it you have to the, – Tim crafted it so well. Yeah. That, you know, if you were talking to Tim, like, in a barbershop, it would have been totally different. Like, he was very well aware that he was about to tweet this out. He was very careful how he crafted it, but he got his point across. He got his yeah. point across. And I think he speaks for – he's not the only former player that took issue with the offense. And he said, I've been in person and wanted to knock on the, I think the second part was I've been in person and wanted to knock on the window on the play call window during games. Like, yo, give me the, give me the play sheet or let me do it. So he, he let his feelings. He, (laughs) he was very transparent and allowing you to see what he thought about the Notre Dame offense recently and how excited he is that now someone new is coming in. So right. I thought it was masterful. It was funny. It was yeah. funny. And there's some truth. There's, you know, some things to be figured out, but we'll see. We'll see. Sean, hey, we had another to, sorry no, guys. I was gonna say shout out to the friends of uh Tommy Reese coming to his defense. <laughs> can always always count on Junior, man. You can always count on him. <laughs> 
99 problems with BK. One says, mailbag, how are we feeling about Justin Scott on a level of 1 to 10? How confident are you that he signs with the Irish when all is said and done? Sean, I mean, so we don't have really an update, right? I mean, basically push back his his commitment date. We don't know exactly when the commitment date's going to be, but we expect him to take some visits. And, you know, I still think that Notre Dame is the leader, but I don't think a ton has changed as far as the hierarchy of the order. But, uh, Sean, I guess, you know, it was a question. So how confident are you feeling right now? To be honest, I kind of left them alone right now. Which you should. Which you I should. left them alone. They yeah. they got into a, a stretch of really tough games in conference. So I let them focus on that because that's what he wanted to do. And I'll get I'll I'll be checking them out Friday. So gotcha. next Monday, I hope to have some more information, but I'll be checking them out this Friday. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think I think I think he's a I think at where he is in this recruitment, like you don't want to overload him with attention, right? Like he's just he's he's got some soul searching to do, man. Like and it's totally understandable. I completely get it. So I know I will say this: some people I heard, and I actually tweeted this out that I heard someone say Georgia was his dream school. Yeah, I saw that too, and I thought that was the biggest piece of. <laughs> fertilizer i've ever yeah yeah i saw that one too sean i'm like look guys could he end up at georgia i guess anything's possible right does that mean that it was his dream school nah that's not what that means it's not what that means georgia wasn't even on the radar last year Yep. (laughs) but that's his dream school i don't know about you my dream school would always be in my top five right Yeah, I mean, I I guess people would say, you know, the offer just came or whatever. But, you know, I mean, I I just talked to a recruit like a few days ago that said, you know, this this team is their dream school. They hadn't offered them, you know, like a a dream school is the school that you want to go to. Right. Like that's it's a little different. But, yeah. Let's go to. This next question from Johnny S. said, Mailbag, what timeline would you like to see Notre Dame follow in hiring an offensive coordinator? I don't think that this could be a – I mean, look, could it be? I'm not going to say it couldn't be. But I would rather this one be done within a week or so. You know, like I don't want this to be like a 10-day, two-week process. Like I I do think there has to be some speed to this in my opinion because you're getting very close to, to spring ball, Sean. The recruiting implications we've talked about, spring ball getting close. I do think you want to get somebody in-house in the next few days. I do. Or at least settle on it. Not necessarily the fire, the hiring has to become official, right? Like, but like you want to know who your guy is, in my opinion. You don't want you want to. I'm speaking from a PR standpoint, media standpoint, right? There's no reason to publicly say anything about the process this week. It's going to be overshadowed all week. It's Super Bowl week. The earliest you say something or announce someone is next Tuesday at the earliest, in my opinion, right? Because the day after, you're still going to be talking about the Super Bowl. It's the day after. It's almost like a national holiday. That Tuesday, though, now it's Notre Dame. It's your show. It's your show, right? Because the NFL is pretty much on chill mode until free agency in the combine, which is March. So now yeah. is your show, right? So next Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, I think by this weekend, 
people will be on campus. That's the best way to do it. While everybody's going crazy about the Super Bowl, you sneak people in town, get them on campus, interview them, come to your decision next Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Either bring people back for a second interview or make your decision. So I think next Tuesday or Wednesday, we should hear at least that this person has become the front runner, according to reports, for Notre Dame's OC job. Yep. No doubt. We also have a question from Tommy doesn't like Ireland's. That is Sean, were you here on were you on the show when someone talked about this? So no. 2012, Tommy Reese was was suspended for the game, so he didn't make the trip to Ireland. Right. 2020 was COVID, right? Or so I whatever. And then now he's obviously not gonna be in Ireland for the first for the opener this week. So uh yeah. Someone joked it was like, yeah, Tommy just doesn't like Ireland, man. Like he just yeah. doesn't want to go to Ireland, which is hysterical. But yeah. Tommy doesn't like Ireland, who apparently it's broke neck boy, says that tight end that decommitted from Bama is going to start a trend at Bama question mark. So Obviously, Martavius Collins was the tight end that was committed to Alabama. He just uh, announced his, his decommitments today. I was told that this was something that was going to happen for a couple weeks, Sean. I don't think this is necessarily a, a – a, look, it, it's funny and stuff, but I don't think this was an impulse to Tommy Reese being hired as the offensive coordinator. Like, Martavius Collins was kind of always was trending for a few weeks to decommitting. So this wasn't a Tommy Reese thing. I, I think that I, he I, I saw the news on Twitter and was like, "Right, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, what, that, that's what that's I'm what people want to hear." But it's not, yeah, it's not actual. It's not actually what happened. But I mean, Sean, it, it's it's something where I think that this happens occasionally when there's a coaching change in general, right? I mean, yeah, you had a different offensive coordinator. Martavius Collins was committed, and then you know, then you know, you're not bringing the coordinator back, and. Transition stuff happens, right? So I don't think this is a Tommy Reese impulse. I think this is more a not great fit impulse and new offensive coordinator impulse. Is it going to be a trend at Alabama? I don't think so. I wouldn't say that at all. Do you feel like he betrayed Notre Dame? Who's that? Tommy Tommy Reese? Nah, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Did you? um, Because we haven't had a chance to talk about Did you feel like it was a lateral move? Oh, it's definitely not a lateral move. No, you can't okay. say that right now. You can't say okay. that right now. Yeah, I, I'm, it's just interesting questions and comments that I've been seeing all weekend about the situation, and I'm just like, man, you know, I felt I always felt like if I were him, I literally felt like I could flip a coin and make the right decision. If right. I if I if I were Tommy Reese, I really felt like no matter what decision he made, he couldn't lose. No, I mean, if he would have came back to Notre Dame, I think that it would have made a ton of sense for him, right? I mean, yeah. it's where he's from. It's where he's coached. It's what it's the school he's known. And he had a chance to do something great, obviously, in 2023 with Notre Dame. I wouldn't call – I mean, some people I saw, I saw called him like Benedict Arnold, called him all this stuff. I yeah. Look, man, look, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll portray it like this, Sean. If I got a big offer, like a – considerable offer to a place that I consider to be a step up, right? Mm-hmm. Would you call me a Benedict Arnold for that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, man. I don't, I don't have, I don't have that converse. I don't believe that for a person that is trying to better what they perceive to be a better situation. I, yeah. I don't pass judgment in that regard. I, he did what he thought was best for him. I don't hold that against him. 
I, 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 I'm amazed at how many people took that Benedict Arnold thing to heart. Like he did, he did not see himself being here long term. It was it's been obvious. Right. So I, mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't take it as him betraying anyone when he has shown us this is my desire. This is where I see my career going. So I think we all, maybe some of us ignored it. Right. I think it's been clear. Yeah. I mean, Tommy wasn't going to be a lifer at Notre Dame. He wasn't going to be here for the next 30 years coaching, right? Like that was never going to happen. It's yeah. And, and I know people are like, it's, it's technically a lateral. No, is it though? I mean, cause if you look at the track record, I mean, Alabama's won a lot, obviously. Right. I mean, and Dick Saban's got a lot of coaches to the next level after that. So, it's, yeah. I, what was the last? What was the last Notre Dame assistant to go to the NFL? It's a good question. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, and I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody I'm not thinking about. Do you know the answer to that, or are you just you just really start the? No, I just I just knew it didn't match with you know the. Uh, Track record of Alabama assistance. Oh, it's definitely uh, not the track record of Alabama. Uh, it's definitely not the track record of Alabama. Yeah, that's I mean, that's all I need to know. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I don't yeah I, I don't hold anything against. Someone said Harry Heastan. There you go. I completely forgot about Harry going to the Bears. That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, Harry left because he just couldn't stand the head coach. <laughs> True, but I mean, he still went from college to the NFL. I mean, so if it's your parameters, if it's your parameters. I mean, if that's if that's the one you want to rock with, technically, okay. Yeah, but someone said Lafleur, who we talked about earlier, obviously went to the NFL after that. So, as a coach, wasn't he? What, what was Lafleur technically though? Was he a GA? Was he, he was an analyst? G, he was a GA for Malik. Yeah. He was yeah. he was a GA for Malik when he got here in thirteen, and then I don't know how he moved up. But still, we're going back. Think of look at what we're doing. We're going back what five, six years? Yeah, at least more than that. Yeah, it's an interesting question though. So we had another question here, Sean. As we roll through these, ninety-one problems with BK. What a lot of great questions from him today. So, what's the general mood of this team from Tommy leaving? Mickey seems heartbroken. How is everybody else? How is the twenty twenty-three class specifically? So, I mean, honestly, man, I haven't talked to a ton of the 2023 class about it, Sean, because they're already a part of the program. I focus more on the kids that aren't a part of the program, right? So I focus on yeah. the 2024 class. From the general, just people putting stuff out there, this is my opinion. This is, this is partly my opinion, but also, you know, it has some context to it. Like, you see how people react to it. Mm-hmm. I think the coaches I, – I think the players are upset about it. I mean, sure. I mean, he's their coach, right? I mean – even if you don't agree with everything a coach does or see eye to eye all the time, it's still a sad moment when you lose a coach as a player. I mean, it is. And I do think Tommy Reese was liked through the program. Like, I don't think he was a disliked person. So, I mean, not any problems for me personally, just my outsider's perspective. I would assume that they were, you know, they were a little upset about it. You know what I mean? But I also think that Sean hit something on the own head, Sean. I think most people didn't expect Tommy Reese to be at Notre Dame forever. Right. So they understand mm-hmm. that this is a part of the deal. It's a part mm-hmm. of the deal. But I, so there we are with it, man. I, I can mean, only I just, surmise from a couple of the tweets that I did see um, the jab, the Jaden Mickey took at him on IG 
um, and just some other things that they, it might be a chip on their shoulder going into the season. Like, oh, okay, you you think you think they have they're better than us? You think going there is better than being here with us? Okay, and I think a lot of Logan Diggs, his tweet was very, it was it was congratulatory, but it was very snarky. Like, oh, okay, I guess you got to do what you got to do then, you know. So, I think we're going to see a team that is kind of pushed by this and self-motivated, like regardless of who the new OC is. Like, right? they feel like they have a ton of talent offensively. Sure. And we'll see. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are not Marshall says Ryan Sean of the candidates that have been discussed. Who is a significant upgrade over Tommy Reese? So Sean, we're not going to do this from the full scope. I mean, like let, let's work through a couple of these guys and you just tell me your impulse on, do you think they're an upgrade as an, just as an offensive coordinator? I'm not talking about a recruiter. I'm just talking strictly calling a football game. All right. Of what, you know, so let's do it that way. Let's start with Joe Brady. Yes, I would agree. Proven. Yes. I I agree. I think that Joe Brady has shown that the highs are much higher. Andy Ludwig. Yes. I also agree. Better game caller as of what I've seen so far. Could Tommy get to that point? It's possible. But as of right now, Andy Ludwig is definitely a more proven product. Joe Moorhead is a much more proven product. I mean, would you argue against that one, Sean? No, no. But I will say this. Yeah, And this is something that Malik pointed out. He said, look, Andy Ludwig and Tommy are kind of in the same ballpark. He said, they okay. really are. He said, kind of in the same ballpark. He said, the only difference is that all of the different creative stuff, he said, Andy Ludwig doesn't need that. He said, he's creative without being over-the-top creative. And he gave an example. He said, look, Tyler Buckner shouldn't have thrown a pick six against South Carolina. But Andy Ludwig doesn't put him in that position. Andy Ludwig doesn't call that play. He doesn't bring the motion guy across to bring attention from that side to give the backside safety and the ability to come across. He said those are the type of things that you don't get in that situation. He said he's a better situational play caller. And I said, you know what? From that standpoint, I'll trust you. So yeah, I. It's there. Look, 
you could just the the answer is yes for me, pretty yes. much on everyone until maybe you get. Well, no, there wasn't any. Well, I Sean, mean, I, I would I would question Byron Leftwich only because I don't yeah. know. You don't know, right? And and how good would Jason Candle be jumping up from the MAC to Notre Dame stage, right? Like that that would be a question that I would have. Yeah. I'll say this: I don't know if you agree with this one. Let me say a statement and see if you agree with it or not. And please push back if you don't. Mike Denbrock has a much higher floor, and I trust him a lot more than Tommy Reese right now as a play caller. I would say though that maybe Tommy has a little more upside as a play caller from what I've seen. Just my opinion. I would agree with that. Okay, especially in big games. Like in big games, I've seen Mike Denbrock kind of dial it back, and kind of you know you go watch the first game against Florida State in that first yeah. half. It was very. Vanilla, you go watch um, Cincinnati against yep. Alabama in the semifinal. Just very, like, dude, this is Alabama. Like, this is Cincinnati's opportunity on the big stage. And this is the game plan you put together? You know, so, yeah, I, I agree with you, bro. I agree yeah. with you. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I mean, because I think in in the same situation, I think I I think that there is a possibility where Tommy gets out a, a better game plan than like Denbrock. But I think the week to week consistency is where Denbrock wins that one, right? Like you yeah. can more depend on Denbrock from game one to game eight. So you can't yeah. always depend on Tommy from a week to week perspective. I mean, occasionally he'll bring one out, like the North Carolina game, like the South Carolina game, where you're like, all right. I like that, man. That looks nice. But then you'll have the Stanford game. Then you'll have the Marshall game and <laughs> everything in between. So, yeah. So I just think consistency is a different level. But yeah. I, I still do – I do think that Tommy Reese has upside as an offense coordinator. I still do. I do. I, I think he's smart. I really do. You know what he is? What's that? I think I think he's going to be a late bloomer. Because he's only and 31, right? What I mean, I, what I mean, but that – I mean, from experience, not looking at his age. Uh-huh. To me, he is a fantastic composer, singer-songwriter right now. Okay. Can't necessarily get it across. He Man, he can I write it that. up. He can write it up, right? He can demo it for you. But he can't deliver it. But he can't deliver it. <laughs> I get that. Right now. And, and, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit more seasoning for certain artists to kind of be able to take that next step. And that's that's him right now. Yep. And maybe he's able to take it in Tuscaloosa. But like you said, well, I'll take that back because Alabama usually has a trash schedule except for like two games every year. So, yes. I don't know how much he'll actually be tested, but well, you got the LSU game, you got the Tennessee game, and the Auburn game. That's pretty yep. much it. Yep, it's not. It's, it typically isn't the hardest of schedules for Alabama. No. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go to this one, Sean. We only have a few more left. We're gonna hit Rob Tidoff says Ryan and Sean. Are we closer to a championship offensively or defensively, Sean? I'm gonna say my my impulse, and you go with it, okay? See, that's a trick question, Rob. And you <sighs> almost got me. That's a trick question. Is it a trick question? It's a trick <laughs> question. See, you want me to go with the present, Rob? I see what you're doing. You want me to fall in love with Sam Hartman? And all of the offensive weapons, that's what you want me to do. But if I look at Notre Dame historically, Uh the only thing that's really stopped Notre Dame defensively 
is not having the biggins in the middle and being able to shut down the run game. Other than that, Notre Dame has kept their football teams in games while the offenses have struggled. Rob tried to get me with it. That's a trick question. But I'm not going to fall in love. I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to be a, a lover of the moment. I'm not doing that, Ryan. Well, I'm Sean, not, you I'm, see, you see, ahead. man, I, I am going to, I am going to fall into this trap, Rob. Is Go saying. right ahead. Go right I ahead. Am. Because a year ago at this time, I would have said defense without even thinking twice about it. I would be like defense, easy money, right? I mean, mm. easy. Not even thinking twice. As we are standing right now, as long and there's a caveat to it. As long as Notre Dame hires a good offensive coordinator, hmm. I love the future of the offense for Notre Dame. The present and the future. Because you have a great offensive line coming back. You have some talented wide receivers. You got some yes. dudes at running back. You yes. have a proven commodity at quarterback. Talent yes. in the room behind it. Yes. Defensively, I think there's some holes, man. I do think there's mm-hmm. a couple holes. And I'm not mm-hmm. as in love with the direction of the defensive play calling right now. So I'll go offense. I will go that's, offense. That's fine. Yeah. But I'm going to stick to the tradition. That's fine. It's, it's the defense that's kept us in games. Now, if we're not wrong get, about that. You're not if wrong we can about get that. a couple of guys in the 24 class, if we can, we can get them in the middle of that defensive line and the linebackers I know have already been upgraded. The secondary, look, if we're going to rank position groups. Yeah, I'm, the defensive back room has to be top three. Uh, cornerbacks especially, no doubt yes. about it. Yeah, it has to be. So, I mean, look, we have a few questions on defense, but I'm going to go ahead and plant my flag with the defense. I love it, man. I See, love it. like, great. They said it's offense in 2023. See, I, I think bigger than that. It's always <laughs> been defense. Dude. You're a long-term thinker, my friends. Absolutely. A long-term thinker. I love Absolutely. it. Congratulations Absolutely. to the offense finally catching up, though. They have caught up pretty quick. I mean, well, in theory, they're going to catch up pretty quick, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We had a question from Jacob Watson. Mailbag, who would you guys select that would be the best recruiter, quarterback coach, and offensive coordinator? Is there one that is more well-balanced? Sean, that's interesting, okay? So, okay, out of out of the group that we talked about today, mm-hmm. we talked about Joe Brady, we talked about Joe Moorhead, we talked about Andy Ludwig, talked about Byron Lefwich. We talked about uh, Jason Candle, right? Yeah. Am I missing somebody? I think that was pretty much all we hit. Yeah, is there a – who is the best recruiter of that bunch? And Denbrock. We've talked about Mike Denbrock as well. Who's the best recruiter? The best recruiter of the bunch? As of what we know right now. I think Moorhead would be the best recruiter I've ever yeah. talked about, right? I would say Moorhead, yeah. I would say Moorhead right now. I would be interested in seeing where Candle ranked because – you really can't look at him as yeah. apples and oranges to look at him nationally. But where do his recruiting classes rank in the MAC? Sure, sure. That would you be an interesting conversation. Sean, it, 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 it's almost like last year when I, I did like the um, the recruiting profiles for the new coaches. And yeah. I remember we showed uh, – I did one on Dylan McCullough, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like Dylan has a great reputation as a recruiter. and We've seen it already at Notre Dame. Right. But the names that he pulled at Indiana didn't really like <laughs> knock your socks off, right? Because yeah. why would yeah. they, right? I mean, yeah. so there's was some Kevin context. Coleman already there when he Tevin got there? Cole-
Tevin Coleman was yeah, Tevin Coleman was already there. Okay. And he went to USC for a year, and Ronald Jones was all, already on the roster too. The right, best right, right. the best recruit that he ever had from a from a um from a num from a ranking perspective. I think he got he was the marquee step guy at USC. He got marquee okay. step. Oh, so he was the one that flipped marquee step, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. I'm pretty sure that was the highest recruit he had ever had before Jeremiah Love. So yeah. But yeah, uh, but I think we're stuff. we're in agreement though, right? Joe Moorhead, best recruiter. Yeah. Best quarterback coach. That's an. I, my impulse is actually saying Joe Moorhead or Andy Ludwig, is is actually my. That's where my mind goes. Yeah. Because Andy Ludwig, I mean, talk about developing not great quarterback. I mean, like, like yeah, Cameron Rising put into his lap, developed him into a pretty dang good player. Joe Moorhead's actually done a lot, a, a lot with little. Actually, I would, I would go Joe Moorhead there. I would go. Now, Joe when you're coaching the, the position, yeah, especially if you're doing both, you're coaching to your system. Correct. Yep. Right. Yes. So I would probably have to go with. I would give the slight edge to Moorhead because of the quarterbacks that are either coming or exist in the quarterback room right now outside yep. of Sam Hart. I would. I mean, yeah. Cause Sean, I would say it like this, like look at the track record, right? Yeah. He developed trace McSorley into a baller. Yeah. Trace yeah. McSorley is not a true quarterback. He's a really great athlete, like no yeah. doubt, but Anthony Brown, he made look like a good football player at Oregon. We sure know that did. Anthony Brown is, is not a good football player. Yeah. We know this, right? Notre Dame fans saw how we pounded him when he was at BC. So exactly. So I, I quarterback coach for me would be Moorhead as well. Yeah. Offensive coordinator. That's I would an interesting, be interesting in, uh, left, which would be interesting as like a quarterback coach, coach in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting tape to see how he would do. But yeah, I would go Moorhead. As a quarterback coach. Yeah. 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 Offensive coordinator, Sean, I might actually go Andy Ludwig. That, that might be my pick. I think. I love how he calls a game, man. I think he calls a really good football game. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. I mean, we'll talk about getting a lot out of Little. Again, I go back to what he's done over the last couple years at at Utah with the average talent. It's nice, man. A lot of it's scheme-driven, too. A lot of it is scheme-driven. So I would go with him. Yeah. That's a great question, though, Jacob. We might have to do another show on that. That's that's a really good one. A couple more left. Ant underscore VR. Any updates on CJ score stemming from the top, from Tommy Reese? Oh, we already hit this one. Just yeah, I mean, Ant. So we we mentioned this a couple comments already. CJ, I think is I mean, well, CJ is locked in from everything we're hearing, right? As long as they hire a good offense coordinator, I think that everything will be just fine. I don't think yeah. that any issues will arise. From Milton fan, Nathan Milton, formerly Milton fan, just said, any word on whether Chip Long would take an analyst job in Notre Dame? I have no idea, Milton fan. Like we we threw out the conversation because Chip's like a you know well respected guy. I don't know if he would take an analyst job at this point. I don't know. So no. we'll, we'll update you though as we kind of hear a little bit more on that. And then the last question, Sean, we have from Ben Tarnowski says, Mailbag, if we get if we got Joe Brady. Do you think he'd kind of be one foot in, one foot out, and we'd be replacing him in a year or two? That's something we talked about, right? Marcus Freeman needs a guy, and we'll be looking for someone that wants to be here. 
Absolutely. He is not looking to be in this position once again a year from now. You know, that's that's one of the things for me that makes the Andy Ludwig situation very interesting because you just said coaches at Utah just don't leave, man. And there's a reason for that. You know, their families are there. They're comfortable with that. They're part of the community. Yes, Notre Dame would be a fantastic improvement from a positional standpoint, brand standpoint, probably a better shot at winning a national championship. But is that what he wants right now? You know? Yeah, I, 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 I think, I mean, for me, Ben, because I think Sean's hitting a lot of great points. He's been a quarterback coach last year. Is this a move that would just be for to get back in the offense coordinator side of things and then use as a stepping stone? Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. And I do think there needs to be some stability. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see. But that is going to conclude the show today, Sean. That'll be uh, conclude the podcast, uh, the mailbag portion of this podcast. Before you go, do not go anywhere yet. Hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast. Five star reviews are very much appreciated. Hit that notification bell. Boars at irishbreakdown.com. We'll be having a lot more recruiting updates over the next week or so because last week was kind of centered around the NFL draft side of things with the senior bowl also be back doing my show on thursday night from an nfl draft segment make sure to check out the lucky lefty podcast and everything else we do on cfb nation you can subscribe on youtube or your favorite podcast platform thank you all so much make sure to go back and listen to the carson hobbs interview make sure to go back and listen to a little explanation of the new Notre Dame offensive coordinator search and how it could affect recruiting we appreciate you all from ryan that is sean Thank you so much for joining the Recruiting Hour on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.